Hey, Ho Nation. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for the Hotels episode. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast, if it's your first time listening, this is our sexually explicit episode, which means there is no censor and no filter. Listeners underneath the age of 18 should not be listening to this episode. If you don't mind listening to some sexually explicit shit, this is the episode for you. If not, I completely understand, and we'll see you next week for a regular episode. But if this is your cup of tea, let's start the show. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, first of all, for being here and streaming the show. What you guys may have not known is due to COVID-19, Marlon and I have been practicing social distancing, and we've been using Skype to record our episodes for the past couple at this point. Um, this episode in particular, due to connection, it might not be the best in certain areas when it comes to audio. We apologize for that, and bear with me, okay, as I begin to really learn how to work and navigate Skype and how to edit it properly. We're going to fix it for next episode, but let's get into this show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you hear, our libations have started. Um, that's how we do this thing. Um, normally, I would say welcome to such and such, so on and so forth. But this week, this week, <laughs> I felt in the giving spirit. Talk about I felt, it, I felt very giving. Um, we gave you guys one hotel episode this this season already. <laughs> but due to Rona and due to everything going on, we needed another break. Yeah. So we decided to do another. Bitch, you guessed it. We decided to do another <laughs> hotel episode. <laughs> Hotels now, number two, ho. Number two. And this is the season finale. So y'all need to be very elated right now. Um, we never do two in one season. It's normally yeah. one and done. But this year, y'all needed a second dose. Get y'all mind. Y'all are sexually frustrated. It is fine. But um, welcome to Pour Your Troubles While Telling Your Tales. <laughs> welcome to uh, I'm All Out of Abilene and I'm Starting to Look at the Crisco. Okay. Welcome to, welcome to Spit is not lube 101. Ooh, hold on now. Welcome to Spit is gonna have to do because I said I was out of Albaline 305. (laughs) 305? (laughs) Because it's a master class. You need to learn how to do it. Wait, a map? Okay. Okay. That's a little disturbed. I'm not gonna lie. Welcome. Fine. Fine for you. Um, As you guys hear, we are obviously not alone nope. um and we never and i mean ever except one time introduce our guests so this gentleman is here with us is not exempt sir would you like to introduce yourself <laughs> considering that there is no choice but to introduce <laughs> 
you know what? Honestly, I, I I would prefer to write my own usual eulogy anyway. So like this is this is fine. This works. This works. You Why why not? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um. Anyway, my name is Henry. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm a leather bondage artist based in New York City, and um, I'm gonna talk to you about. Yeah, bondage. <laughs> yes, that is time for that conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I am going to be T Boz in a le- in a red light special video this episode. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm well. Since you're gonna go that route, then I might as well be Janet in the What's It Gonna Be video. And I am like carrying a cat of nine tails with me Listen. while we're on this journey. I can, I can, I can fuck with it. I love that. <laughs> Just for the day, you know. That was really, seriously, one of the most iconic videos of its time. Like, yes. like, like without question. So yeah, mm. I, I can get with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have, let's get into some things, shall we, just fellas? It's let's time to start. It. It's time to start our shit. Um, so I don't, Henry, I'm not sure if you're aware, but when we do this, normally it's at random before we get to the actual questions or anything that we might have for you. So with that being said, um, mm, Marlon, you want to do the first game? Cause I'm trying to think of one. The first game? The first game. The first what icebreaker. Because we are trying to do things different. So it's never the same mm-hmm. format for this. I mean, but it, it's it's bondage-centric. So let's give our first experience with bondage story, no matter how light or how heavy. <laughs> is this the round table or is this at me? I'll, I'll start. No, this is for everybody. Everybody oh, has to answer. Okay. Everybody has to answer. I will start. So... um. And what's crazy is I didn't even realize that this was like bondage-esque when it happened. <laughs> but I look, I look back on it now. I'm like, bitch, you, you had an early start, you nasty whore. Um, so, no purpose at all. So what happened was, I think this was, I want to say it was sophomore year of high school. Mm. I just oh. come out. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time. Come on, man. Um, his name is Isaiah. May he rest in peace. Look at that. And, Ooh, child. <laughs> um, so he and our good friend Jackie ended up going over to Jackie's house after school. And we were there, and we were kicking it, and I don't know how we got to the freaky sneaky. I don't know what, like, testosterone levels peaked, how estrogen was going. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, but I ended up tied to the bed with a double dutch rope um and i was having my my nipples uh licked and played with by um my friend jackie and my boyfriend yeah i can i I respect all of that (laughs) it's fucking hot too i was like damn what the fuck i mean a jump rope at home like that that is that I respect the fuck out of that kind of seriously. Everybody doesn't have, you know, 80 inch, you know, leather locking straps. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, jump rope, you're, you're, you know, it works. (laughs) I mean, fair. Um, I would say I haven't had the experience with leather, though I have, of course, like most gays I've experienced. I haven't done Folsom yet. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, of course, if you're familiar with New York, you most people have been to the Eagle. Okay. All right. Um, but I will say my first adventure slightly into kink. I think I talked about it here before in one episode um, when I had went to the den in Atlanta and a bitch wanted to get on that sling and let somebody go to town on it. Did you hear me? <laughs> I, it took everything in me. I was like, no, we can't go on the sling. We can't go on the sling. We can't go on the sling. Let's move. <laughs> It took everything in me to not get on that fucking thing. I'm like, no, no, bitch, no. And you should have done it. You, if I would have did it, if I promise you, I would have created a whole fucking show. I, and I, I'm that kind of girl. <laughs> that just means you have to go back and do it now. You have to do it. Come in, tell hey. Um, <laughs> it's your go. Uh, okay. Well, I will. I will talk about the. I want to talk about the one I enjoyed the most, rather than okay. the, the first one was fair. Uh, it left more to be desired, so it's not as exciting. Okay. But however, during my Atlanta days, um, there was someone who I would let's say connect with regularly, and I was not aware that he was into kink at all until like I like saw his social media page, and I was like, oh wait a minute, you are into. Wait a minute. Okay, so with the fact that we have been connecting, you know, for some odd time, it was an easy conversation as just to say, "Hey, you know, like, what are you actually into? You know, what, what really, really are you into?" Because you know, people can portray a certain whatever, but then behind closed doors, it could be something else. So um, he turned out to be into bondage. He, he was into kink. So we met up, and. Um, <laughs> It was really cute. I went out, I bought some um, some things for it. At the time, I had like this Velcro-ish kind of strap thing. It was it was it was interesting, but um, I actually was in a submissive capacity during that time, and okay. so like letting yeah. go and yeah, that that's kind of I guess the twist to that <laughs> being a more dominant person normally. Um, but yeah, like just really kind of surrendering and letting that control go, and not really sure what. I admit that we, we, we didn't really truly know what we were doing at the time or, or truly talked out how we were going to work that scene, but it was a little wax play and, you know, some pleasure, and it was, it was, it was a very euphoric kind of uh, experience. So, <laughs> Henry, can you please do us a favor? We're going to have to create a little dictionary for this episode as we go along. Um, can you please give the definition for sub and dom, or what? You, so, what basically? Uh, we know what it is, but I just for those that are listening and probably don't understand what it is. Of course. So, in your BDSM dynamic or your power exchange dynamic, there, in essence, two binary points, I suppose, and that's dominant and submissive. Um, you don't have to be a submissive person to be a submissive in a experience. You don't have mm-hmm. to be extremely dumb to be a dumb in an experience. But essentially, the submissive is the person who is willing to exchange the autonomy they generally have on a daily basis and surrender themselves to a dominant who may be interested in a number of things you guys chat about. And they lead you through this experience of um, whatever you guys consent to, you know exploring different kinks and, and finding you in different capacities and you have your dom and sub. Yeah. 
Perfection. So, it's time for my little segment. Um, We did this the last time, but I'm going to do it again today. This is called Mm -hmm. Kiss and Tell. Yes, God. That's right. That's what God knows. Here we are. I want all three of us to tell our most recent sexual experience. Damn right. Damn right. Right. Um, Marlon, you actually can go first. See, why are you trying to put me on the spot like that? What is wrong with you? Um, Didn't I go first last time? I did. um, I asked a question, so you're going to go first now. No, I went first last time. You're going to go first. Um, And how... First of all, you're not going to talk to me like that. Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the last time I had some loving. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Um, Someone I knew for a while. And uh, when when he pulled that thing out, I was just, I was, I was so overcome with joy. (laughs) I I, I just, I, I necked it like it was no tomorrow. Was it talking to you? It was talking to me. (laughs) It was letting me know. What what did it say? It was, it was letting me know. It was, um, (laughs) it was leaving me drops of love as we were going along. Oh. Oh, So love. Okay. Drops of love and went in the words of Super Scent when he stuck that wand in my happy place. <laughs> my soul smiled. That's the same Super Scent. Said that. Yes, she actually. Um, if you guys don't know the sidebar, real quick, she actually the one thing that she was known for before all of this, she used to tell have sex tales too. Yes, and oh she told about this one. The one guy, it was one random night. She was horny, and she went through her phone log. It was like, you know what? This nigga deserves so much to <laughs> And it turned out to be some of the best sex she ever had in her life. Like she really underestimated old boy, but. Let's just say, after it was said and done, I got some the next morning. Well, come on, for the next morning. I mean, I, I personally think it's better in the morning. Yeah? I do t- you know what? I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. I feel like in the morning, it's the best. Send me, send me off with a smile. I, I, I really, <laughs> really could not agree with that more. I have an experience on my site called Bondage for Breakfast. And essentially, we do kind of just that. We hang out like the night before, the afternoon before. We go do whatever, you know. What I mean? We can even do bondage beforehand, but like we go have like a bondage of the nightcap for the night is over with, and then we wake up again to more bondage. So it's literally like bondage. Is like, this is the first thing you experience when you open your eyes in the morning. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, hey now. So to oh, yeah. home, I truly prefer whatever in the morning. It, it's it's true. <laughs> Well, all right. Um, <laughs> it was last week. Oh. Come on, Jesus. Um, me and Babe had our uh, weekly Corona getaway. Okay. Uh, in mm-hmm. a random hotel in the city. And uh, 
you know, like every time, um, you know, I'm that's like rabbit. I'm 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 father of the house of pancakes. So it was the flip flop shop. Oh, um, is there footage? Uh, <laughs> there actually is. Oh. Okay, well, let me know where I need to subscribe to see it. <laughs> no subscription. <laughs> Though we have said multiple times that we, if we had an OnlyFans, it would be lit. I think we'd make a lot of money. Um, I mean, but anyway, you would really be surprised. You would. You know, the tattoos are just entirely too too obvious. That's the only thing. Bomb, nice you, better put, you better put on some sleeves and call it a motherfucking day after this bitch. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god. Um, get you a Zentai suit. I'm sorry, I said bonsai because I'm looking at this bonsai tree, but <laughs> a Zentai suit. Covers up your entire body and your bits are still accessible. I like that. That would be kind of hot. You know? I like that. You might have to invest in that. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you know, Showed up, we ate like we always do. Gotta, you know, feed and energize the body first. And uh, I think it was two rounds before the night was over. Woke up the next day, got breakfast, and then went again. One a piece mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm always like worn out afterwards. Like it's just, oh God. To have an insatiable lover. Is talk about it. Talk about it. Yes, God. Y'all gotta know. It's a joy. If you don't have if you don't have somebody that's insatiable, you don't know what the fuck you missing. That's all I I got. But you have to be able to keep up though. Like yeah, the energies have gotta match a little bit. The synergy has gotta be there, yeah. 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 So if you, you know, don't sign up, don't write no checks, your ass can't cash. Pun intended. I mean we do experience burnout sometimes, though, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes in an emotional space, especially considering now, you know what I mean? Like that, oof, having the, yeah. I won't even go to the bad side. <laughs> I, I will say the synergy after you there. <laughs> yes, it definitely does. Definitely does. So, yes, that was my last experience. Yeah. Um, my last one was, I guess, are we saying like full blown or just like just, any experience? I'll say any. Any experience. Yeah. Any yeah. is fine. Okay. So it was actually before Corona decided to, you know, embrace the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was in DC and it was with someone I actually play with bondage twice regularly. And um, so we normally keep bondage and vanilla sex separate. But um, there was a colliding of the uh, two talents that evening. So um, I guess picture it, Sicily, 1942. He's like <laughs> laid out and he's like tethered um, to this bed footer that's in the hotel. So he's strapped across his chest. He's strapped across his stomach. And um, let's just say he was getting a drink with his throat. You know, that's, that's the best, um, best way to summarize that. Word. <laughs> Work. So oh that was gosh. the last one. That was um. That was kind of. It was hot, you know, but it, it just kind of like was an appetizer to the, you know, things that normally go off. Okay. Now, you actually said something that I, and this has thrown all of the questions all off and out of order. But I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> because I've always wondered for those of us that are really into bondage and kink. Um, 
what is your enjoyment level on like the kink to vanilla ratio? I always wonder, is it like once you dive into the world of BDSM and kink, um, do you find that you have less vanilla sex or is there like a playing field? Yeah. My Tamar hand is up. Quick question. Um, I, this is why I say for this episode, we're going to have to really do a small dictionary. Oh, what is vanilla? Yes, what is um vanilla? Vanilla, we... is, vanilla is just like the ice cream you go pick up from the store. It is plain Jane. You know what it is. There are no surprises. There are no sprinkles. It's just cream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like what you did. That was nice. <laughs> I like that. That was real nice. <laughs> so, I mean, Wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. I was <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So, so, I'm no, I was so asking sorry. What is, what is your vanilla to kink ratio? Like, do you find that you do more of one than the other? Or, like, how does it work for you? I mean, it just depends. And I might have lost train of thought a moment ago because I was having a flashback. But, um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> and actually, I mean, it's, it, it, like the saying goes, Morticia Adam once, once said, what's normal to the spider is chaos to the fly. So that will vary based on who you connect with, what your interest might be. Like for me, like what's... Let me put it this way. I kind of keep things separate because I'm in a different headspace for each experience. You know what yeah. I mean? They can in some instances and by some players be synonymous. For me, it's it's very, very separate. So like if we're... Generally, if I'm doing bondage, I'm not doing any sort of like penetrative sex, like whatsoever. Like that's that's, that's generally kind of to the wayside. But like if I'm indulging anything vanilla, sometimes I could incorporate something kink-wise. You know, I could pick up nipple clamps or like nipple suckers or or maybe even like wax play. So something like I can easily just incorporate that into whatever vanilla sex might we might be doing. Then you're muddling muddling the lines a little bit, I guess. But I don't know. To me, it's kind of like a light switch. Like, we're maybe doing one or the other for me, personally. Okay. <laughs> okay. I dig it. I like that. Okay. 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 That's always intrigued me because I, I, I find that people that I've encountered that are into the leather scene and into the kink scene, kind of like, for many of them, like, they look at vanilla sex and they almost kind of like turn their nose up at it like, ugh, yeah. I don't even need that anymore. Like, who does that? <laughs> you know, so it's just like, oh, okay, well. Listen, listen, vanilla sex is where it's at. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And that's one of the main things we, we, we try to teach, at least, you know, as a social kind of norm. You know, you don't yuck anyone's yuck. And everyone yes. does need to be suspended in the air and, you know, whip until oblivion, you know, to enjoy what they indulge in. So even though it is vanilla, you know, when you do step into this heightened way of amplifying sensations and trusting and, and exploring dynamics, etc., you kind of do look at vanilla sex and go, well, you know, <laughs> we can try to heat up a little bit, you know. But okay. in essence, of course, with consent, with with discussion and discovery, you'd be surprised, you know, where you where you could go. Okay. Uh, that just, I'm sorry, that took me back to that dance swing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, all the good ones have one. I, I miss my bathhouse days. I really do. Like, those those, those were epic, but those were, like, back in the day. 
like that. So. Okay, so it's now my turn. I think before Marlon gets into questions, I always, always have us um, highlight our best sexual experience. Marlon and I have answered this question on several occasions. Several. <laughs> so Henry is, of course, as a guest, you have to answer this question. Okay. Please detail to us your best sexual experience. It does not matter if it's recent. It could be Pat, like way, way back, but your best sexual experience. It probably is one of the vintage ones. Um, <laughs> um, it would be it would be one where I was on a um a first date, and um, it was like maybe ten years ago. Shit, ten, eleven. Years? Talk about it. And um, it was first of all, he's fucking gorgeous. He was built like a goddamn. Ooh. You know that linebacker kind of, you know, statue. Okay. Yeah. But um, <laughs> very right, very sweet though, very very sweet, very charming. We uh, we went out, we met on a beach, and um, okay. and it was a nice little walk, whatever. And it started pouring down, fucking raining, like pouring. So we like start rushing to get back to his truck, et cetera, et cetera. He's locked his keys in the car. So. We're standing out there. <laughs> yeah. We're standing out there. Your facial expressions are priceless right now. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that might judge, we're, we're on an application. We're not in person. So we are <laughs> They, I have specified this on several occasions. We have been using Skype for like the past month. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I mean, um, it was his um, his keys were locked in his car. And, like, I wasn't freaking out or anything. I was just like, no, I love to be wet for sure. You know, so like it just it, it dissipated and like he was just like, Thank you for not, you know, freaking out and shit. So go back to his place and you know, have a nice respectful evening. <laughs> yes, respectful. <laughs> no, but no, that I, I think honestly just from being calm, my little pent up frustration from that kind of transferred over into little as you called it, pancake flip flop um so yeah, that was that was that was pretty intense. I mean, it was a first date, so you know that that chemistry just kind of got a chance to explode and and you know manifest. <laughs> I love all come these adjectives. That's so descriptive. I love it. It's great. I mean, it's great. come on, come on, explosion. Yes. <laughs> I try to say enough without saying too much. <laughs> yes, and you are a master at that. By the way, I like that. literally, I like that. I like that. All right, so let's jump into these questions, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, Carol, Carol, <laughs> Carol, fucking Baskins. Carol Baskins killed her husband. Whacked I'm afraid to watch it. You know, I just I've seen the stuff that it is. I promise you, the definition of trailer trash. It it it, it really reeks of just trailer trash, like. Whatever. I'll reserve my thoughts. But I, I just, I, I don't yeah, it's fine. It's fine. This is yeah. a regular episode. It's fine. It's, it's dumbfounding. Um, so, we have so many questions, and I just don't know where to start. Because um, it's been a great conversation already. Anywhere. We can be um, Okay. So, I'll go here first. Because um, I won't do that chronological bullshit while we're doing that. Um, so... What is what would you say are your top three favorite toys? 
and why? Toys. Um, when we say toys, do we mean like a device? Um, or let me not say toys because that kind of boxes things in. Your favorite three uh... sexual object? No, like 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 your favorite three pieces of gear. There you go. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I, I have to say. Hmm? <laughs> no, I'll say that tomorrow. No, 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 no. I already know what this is. We can sing it. Wait, what? I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> what just happened? I missed everything. I, I didn't. What just happened? Wait, what? Basically, ask what are your three favorite ah uh, sexual objects, items. I don't know how he grouped it. I forgot the adjective. No, I said pieces of gear. Yeah, pieces of gear. Okay, I can okay, actually show okay, you. Are you sure? Um, y'all can't see this, but we got it. You know, we we can the uh, exclusive and shit. <laughs> <laughs> we may not be there, but we seen it. I mean, um, so I can show you. Uh, all right, so there are a few different pieces. Um, I have these locking straps I was talking about before. They are eighty okay. inches long. Cool. So, um, okay. Like twenty some out of them. Um, oh, I love okay. you <laughs> to like tether someone to something like I was saying earlier like if you are which you can do kink anywhere if you're in like a hotel room and there's a bed footer there you could you know tether someone with however many of these straps to that footer so they are restricted and you know mobilized in a way and, and can't move until you you know say so <laughs> so that's one of them um, the other is this opera style bondage glove. I knew it. It is um like one of my favorite pieces of gear. Like it um it has a fashion aspect to it. Like I said, it's opera style. So um it goes all the way up to, you know, bicep and um it has these belts. Take notes. Belts <laughs> <laughs> that kind of go around and make it constricting and tighter. And it laces up so it can fit just about any arm. I can use it just about on, on anybody. So that is... What was the name of this object again? It's, the, um, <laughs> it's a bonded style opera glove. It's made of garment leather. Got leather lacing and, and D-rings, which I love D-rings to, to tether and, and, and anchor you to something. Um, and the last thing is actually an everyday kind of item. It's a corset. So... Ooh. It's a leather corset made of lamb leather. <sighs> Unfortunately, not leather lacing, but whatever. Um, with corsets, I can use them just about on anyone, any gender, any you know, any body size. And what they do, in essence, is provide a fashion kind of costume bondage to what I do. It also doubles because it's constricting. You know, you can make this extremely tight and challenge someone with an aspect of rec play in a way. You know, so it's it's multi-purpose, just like the other two are. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say those are my three. Like, top, was it top three or top five? Top three. Top three. Okay, so I would say those are my top three pieces of gear that I own. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, gotcha. Henry, I, I have a sidebar. Okay. With all of these things, what is your safety word? <laughs> what is my safe word? <laughs> yes. What is your safe word? Um, I'll I'll. I'll let you in on a little something. I actually don't use safe words. Um, most people do. They have some sort of word that they may come up with 
you know, rabbit, cabbage, pineapple, whatever. Um, the reason why I don't use safe words is because safe words can be quite distracting. Um, like some people do the traffic light system. They'll do a check-in where you're like, I'm green, I'm yellow, or I'm green, everything's okay, we can keep going. I'm yellow, um, I'm only going to be able to do this a few minutes longer, or like red where it's, okay, complete stop. So with that said, between the traffic light system and a safe word, it's distracting in a way where you could be calling a safe word just to say, hey, I need a sip of water or something, you know, or I feel a little tired or I might feel a little faint. Those are easily adjustables. So I would rather you say, hey, I'm feeling a little faint or I'm feeling a little tight so that we can adjust that versus you actually shouting out a word every, so whatever, you know, like maybe every five minutes or so. So it's a little distracting from the theme. And yeah, it's just easier to tell me that, you know, my foot feels funny or, or something, you know, and adjust that way, you know? So that, okay. that's what yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, what do you? How does that play into you being in a scene with someone that is so like determined to please you through like, okay, I'm gonna push myself to the limit, and I might push myself a little too far, but I want to make sure that I'm like submitting to him the best that I can. Like, how do you deal with some people like that? I would tie it back to just what I was thinking about with the safe word talk. I would rather you admit and be honest and transparent with me about where you are in your kink. You know, that's, that's one of the important things about um, having a negotiation scene before you actually have a scene. You know, you talk about where your interests are, you talk about what your background is like, what have you tried, what have you done, what have you enjoyed, you know, what didn't you enjoy, what challenged you, you know what I mean? Um, because that's one of my favorite things about bondage. It really, really challenges you. You know, your body, your mind, your your trust level with someone. And and when you think about all those aspects and incorporate them into what you're doing, being transparent about what you what you're interested in is is paramount. Someone that says they want to please me, honestly, just go with the flow, go with the ride. But tell me if something is excruciating. Don't. I think that would be someone who couldn't please me because they're not being honest with themselves, you know, and, and I tie this back to it being a power exchange dynamic. You know, you're, you're sharing synergy, you know, with me in a way where we're giving just as much as we're getting. So be honest with me about where you might be in this journey that we go on. You know, uh, one of my, like I said, one of my favorite things are those locking straps. I've had scenes where I put them across someone's throat and maybe kind of tethered it to a bed or, or, or a desk chair and like pulled it really tight. You know, if that's too tight, I'd rather you say, hey, that's too fucking tight. You know what I mean? And we adjust that and we move, you know, however we go about rather than you sitting there and and passing out and dying on me. You know, that that is kind of where I'm, <laughs> where I'm at with that, you know? Right. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Um, so... <laughs> What I find very interesting, even in my own like small studies around kink and bondage, is that it is probably, in my perspective, in my view on it, 20% physical and like 80% mental. And I think that a lot of people look at it being outsiders and not even being a part of the kink world and kind of look at it from a different perspective. Can you explain uh, or talk a little bit about how the mental aspect plays a bigger part 
and like setting scenes and, and like the entire thing because even in your conversation even in the things that you've said a lot of it has been centered around consent conversation um your mental how you're feeling things like that right right i mean so how do i word those i mean I'm sorry, could I hear that question one more time? I'm just, I just want to make sure I wrap myself around this way. I, I want to spit it out. No problem. Like, because I, I, wanted, I wanted you to kind of explain, like, how important it is or, or like, the, the because oh, even now I'm trying to, like, word it so you can really, and like, get how, it. That's how my mind just went. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, explain to the people, like, how setting things and getting into bondage is more of and you can correct me if I'm wrong but more of a mind fuck than it is an actual fuck okay so I get it forgive me Um, so you were talking you were thinking it's about 20% physical and 80% mental Um, I could somewhat agree with that analogy Um, what we what we what, what I love some of the veterans call it they say what we do is psychosexual in nature so it is indeed sexual, yes, it's sensual, but in, in many ways it, it challenges your mind um, because, you know, obviously you need another body to do bondage work and to think power with. So, you know, when you go through doing whatever it is that you do, you know, yes, your body is important, but what I'm doing to you has an intention. So, for instance, uh, if I pick up like a word. <laughs> And you know it's it's spiky, it's it's sharp. If I'm running this along your spine or, or or somewhere that you know tests your nerves, that's gonna have a different feeling. Let's say if like you're looking at this right now versus with your eyes closed, so that sensation is amplified and it plays with your mind. So there's a there's a marriage of both mind and body. Would I say it's one more of the other? Not really. I would I would honestly say it's probably fifty fifty. Um, anyway, because of, you know, what I'm doing to you, again, has an intention. That's my mind, my body going to your mind and body, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's an equal marriage. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, another question I have for you. What would you say is the most enticing aspect of bondage for you? Uh, I mean, without a doubt, this, um, specifically, I would say, um, and some people would probably debate this, but I am essentially a fetishist. So I love leather bondage. Um, there's all different types of bondage out there. There's rope, there is metal, you know, um, there's rubber bondage. And um, some people mix the two. Some people only do rope. Some people only do rubber. I specifically specialize in leather. So I would say the most enticing thing for me would be using leather. And about leather bondage, it's really just, it's really it's flexible, but it's also unforgiving. So like just with those, um, those opera style gloves I just showed you guys, like those are very, very versatile, but they can also be uh, anchored up or tethered or, or however you into very, very secure and restricting kind of uh, position. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. possibility of using gear in different ways or using leather in different ways or, or um, just, just the aspect of that smell of leather, listening to it creep, you know what I mean? Like, I would say leather is, is, is probably the most enticing piece about bondage that, that I love. And the aspect of control, if I were to throw in a second one. So exchanging control, having that power exchange dynamic, and 
having someone surrender to me and, and allow me to do whatever we, you know, agree to do. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well. Um, Marlon, is that all the questions that you had? Because I have quite a few. I have a little bit. It's not. Go for it. Yeah. No, you finish yours. Oh, no, go ahead. We can. We can. Oh, you want me to finish mine first? Is that what you want me to do? That's good. Okay. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, I know that the listeners would probably like to know how did you get your start and interest in BDSM culture? Yeah. Uh well. Um. Patriot Sicily, nineteen eighty something. Um. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. You remember the movie Hellraiser? Yes. Um, so for those who don't know, Hellraiser is a horror movie um, that came out in the 1980s. And um, the summary or the sh- brief version of it is that there is this puzzle box and you summon this demon to fulfill aspects of pain and pleasure for you. Um, as I saw the first film and the second film, you know, growing up, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is... <laughs> Like, people are, are into having someone... No, mind you, this is a horror movie, so what you see in it isn't necessarily a bondage scene that you would see regularly or, or what have you, or if they're even considered bondage scenes at all. But I, I was curious to the respective, what is this attraction to pain? Like, wanting to receive pain. So, like, through that, um, you know, I, I came in contact with different things. M.A.L., um, I came in contact with a few different leather fraternities and, and groups and houses and whatnot and, and learned a hell of a lot about engaging in this very in, you know intimate and, and, and whatnot way. So I tie this back to Hellraiser because that's where, like as far back as I can remember this interest in being curious about what the hell is this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so after that, um, like I said, going to different leather conventions, MAL, there's Claw, um, and, and socializing and, and understanding what is this thing, you know? So in trying to satisfy my understanding for S&M, um, sadism, sadism and masochism, I discovered bondage. Um, and I found that bondage is much more my, my wheelhouse, you know? And I still work with the other aspects of bondage in BDSM, but that was what gravitated to me the most is bondage. Okay. Cool. Um, and I'll give one more question. I'll let Lonnie take over. Um, so I wanted to know, um, for those out there that are listening, can you give them kind of a um, a guide on, like, do I want to call them do's and don'ts? I don't know if I want to call them do's and don'ts. Well, like, I know the people... Maybe, but not even that. Okay, so this is the deal. So what I'm asking is because I know that there are people out there that would like to get into kink and bondage and things like that, but don't really know where to start. What would be your advice on finding your way into the bondage kink leather scene? I think... Obviously, there's something that draws your attention to it, right? There's something that you see and it inspires you to go, whoa, what is that? And so those things that gravitate to you naturally, like, ooh, this looks whatever, you may not even always be set on that one thing as you go throughout your journey, but there's something that sparks your interest. So I would say 
you know, respectfully gravitate to wherever that is. I don't know where you could see that. You could see that through, you know, something you see on TV. It could be on one of the websites like FetLife or like Recon.com, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I would, I, me being the resourceful person that I am, I would say do a little bit of self-study. Google doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't mean that you're going to get all the best information in the world, but Google certain things, you can arm yourself with something, you know, and then kind of respectfully step into the space of, of maybe a local house, maybe someone who might be doing an apprenticeship with um, kink and, and, and bondage in whatever capacity, um, but try to connect with those who you are inspired by. You know, you see something that you obviously are gravitated to. I, I would say try to connect with those in, in your local community. And you don't have to be local to someone to connect with them. You know, if you see people on Twitter, you know, let people know that you appreciate their work and you would love to learn more from them or what have you. All of us feed off of one another in some capacity, you know. So no matter where you are in your, your journey in kink, but especially starting out, you do become inspired by something. So, you know, lean into it a little bit and, and arm yourself with some info and then, you know, follow your gut. If something doesn't feel right, if something doesn't seem right, you know, speak up, ask questions, you know, step, step out of a situation if you find yourself uncomfortable or not, you know, not fully in it. You know, that's, that's what I would say is, is just, just be cautious. But how okay. You know, a lot of people look at this and they, they think it's so super serious and, and in many aspects it can be, but one of the things that is very, very important to me over the past year I've, I've had to rediscover is to remember to have fun, you know? Yeah. Okay. Love it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh shit, it's a Okay, um, good shit. So, very few people are gonna catch that reference. Yes. I mean, and not to mention, I'm just gonna say this and leave it alone. We just celebrated the 25th anniversary of the movie. So I'm gonna Damn. move on. Okay. We're we're that yeah. old now. This is so, you're, you're that old. Is, <laughs> so originally my first question was something different, but I'm gonna reword it. And I'm actually gonna completely reword the question. Um, what experience made you decide on leather and bondage? Or to explore deeper into it. Deeper into leather. I mean, of course, you know, the onset of seeing the material of leather and smelling it and whatnot. I was like, ooh, this shit is kind of hot, you know. But it was limited <laughs> to, you know, it, it really, really was. But it was limited to handcuffs or these 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 arm cuffs, similar to, like, these. You know, it was just, it was just very simple, you know, cuffs. But I was like... <sighs> There's got to be more to this here. Like, there's, there's something else going on with this. So, you know, um, <laughs> I've explored with rope. I've explored with rubber. I've explored with metal. And I'm not going to say there aren't items that I would use. I would just say what I gravitate to the most is is just leather. So being in that experience with that play partner I mentioned earlier um, and having that little Velcro thing, I wanted to amplify the experiences I was having. So I went out and invested. These were the very first leather cuffs I actually purchased. I have several cuffs now, but these were the very first ones I purchased. And I, they're special to me because they are some of the first pieces of gear, but I also learned about quality as a result of, of doing that. So 
it, it, it's yeah, there's so many different ways to go with this journey but seeing the artistic aspects of, of leather bondage and granted i think when you see rope more often than than any other bondage i think you see and then when people see leather they may be intimidated about leather because it's black it's leather it's strong it's whatever but i leaned into it more um I saw how artistic this could be. I saw how creative you could be with the leather straps I showed you earlier, the bondage style opera gloves. So in finding all of those things and investing in them well, you know, it, it, it's it's kept the fetish for leather going for a while now. So, <laughs> yeah, I would say that's where the start was. These, these gloves are, I mean, cuffs right here. <laughs> Quick sidebar before you go on to your next question, Lonnie. Um, Henry, have you smelled the um fragrance by tom for the leather fragrance he has out i have not um <laughs> I've really? I've first of all first of all well some for babe loves it second of all you have when rona is done <laughs> run to sephora yeah find it Spray it on that stick. I guarantee you're gonna buy it immediately. It is amazing. Like it's <laughs> it is literally the scent of like fresh leather. It is yeah. a it is Tom of Finland in a bottle. Oh, okay. Well, that that's that's the references. Oh, no, there bottle. you go. Yes. <laughs> Check it out. You got to. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've heard of that before, but I can honestly tell you since getting into kink and bondage, um, colognes are not really something I pick up very often anymore. Gotcha. And I used to have a collection of, of fragrances, you know, Versace, the Dolce Gabbana, the one, all different, Chanel Blue, all that shit, but I, I haven't bought it in years. I don't even own any of it anymore. <laughs> but I will say that one, I think you might like it. Yeah, okay. I I might, like I might check it out. It might be cool to maybe spray a piece of leather gear or something that's kind of warm or something. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> what? Oh, God. What is the wildest thing that you've done with bondage? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll drop back to my statement. What's normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. So what might be wild to me... Um, I think when people ask this, they look for some crazy astronomical story. Um, I'll, I'll tell you something that was the most erotic for me. I don't know if I could categorize wild in a way that fair translate fair. So the most erotic one. Um, <laughs> so picture it, in Sicily, nineteen forty-two. Um, I'm in a Baltimore hotel room. Um, it is about eleven-ish, maybe getting closer to midnight, et cetera, et cetera. Come on, whole hour. The witching hour. <laughs> the witching hour. That, boom. See, you know, there you go. <laughs> the witching hour. Um, so I'm meeting up with someone that, you know, knew I was going to be in town, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we go, we negotiate our scene, we talk through what we, you know, are interested in and why we want to do this, blah, blah, blah. So I stress that to stress negotiation is very important. Before you can get to the hot stuff, you got to get to the smart stuff. So, um, there was an office chair in the hotel suite, like many of them have. And um, I really do love controlling someone's movement, removing autonomy and taking control of that completely. So I intricately like tethered him to the office chair, nothing but straps, 
Um, the cuffs that I just showed you, so the cuffs are woven into, um, or the straps are woven into the cuff D-rings, and he's tethered like to the armrest, across the chest, across the legs, the, the all of this with leather straps now. Um, the legs intricately tied, et cetera, et cetera. And when you get to the neck, he's wearing this full encasement bondage hood, leather bondage hood. Now, what that essentially means is, uh, another example, your head is like fully covered in leather. And they're like these nose grommets where you can breathe out of just fine. And there's a lock on the back of it. So he's literally naked, but his face is completely covered. So it was just really, really hot to like remove his identity in a way. Like know that he's still human, know that he's still a breathing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But to literally only appreciate his body, like sitting in that chair tied there, the only movement he can really make is like a sideways kind of, eh, very limited in the chair. And maybe his thigh is moving horizontally a bit. But like seeing him in that and then, <laughs> so I like go to the front of him, I face him head on and when I'm in bondage, like sometimes I'm breathing really heavy because I'm getting excited and it's just really hot and whatever. And just like Come on, man. And like caressing his chest and like pulling at his nipples and every little movement of like hand gestures, like warranting like a, like a, you know, just, just, he doesn't know what I'm doing. Because again, full encasement leather bondage hood. And so like I crouch over his crouch and just like breathing heavy and just like slowly like moving my beard along his thighs and I spit on his dick. And so like as the spit is rolling down the top of his shaft, pre-cum is rolling down the lower part of it. Oh. And so oh, like come on, watch... <laughs> So like just watching these two liquids just run down his dick and just like slowly fade into the shadows. It's just like just really, 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 really fucking hot. Like that. <sighs> it seems simple. It really seems very, very simple. But like that was one of the most erotic moments I've enjoyed. Like, and granted, of course, there's always more detail, but <laughs> it was it was just it was just oh my god, it was a moment. You know what I mean? Uh, complete and utter moment, yeah. So it's so crazy because like listening to you describe the scene, um and like referencing back to earlier in the conversation and you bringing up like the artistic and the fashionable parts of all of this, uh it just yeah. makes me even more curious about it because <laughs> there are so many like different pieces to it that are all like fabrics of me as a person so like just yeah. all of that like you said that and I could see the whole thing and I was like that is fucking hot as shit <laughs> so, yeah yeah, I mean, I, I play in non-traditional ways. Um, you know, I'm not... So, for instance, like, some people incorporate protocol into what they do, which is just like a protocol, like, if you're at work, if something happens, this is the protocol, this is what you do. Some people incorporate high protocol where you have, you must do this, you must not do that. I'm very free and very lax with how I play, with how I engage people, and, and it crosses over into how I incorporate other pieces of bondage, you know, the costume bondage with the corset and the the gloves, you know, even these high heel boots, these ballet boots I have over in the corner, like it's, it all, the synergy we share kind of drives what I use and what my intentions are and what I'm going to do. And yeah, it just, uh, it goes from 
being this beautiful dynamic where you trust to being this very hot and erotic thing where you're being fondled and, and pulled on and grabbed at and scratched on it to this euphoric kind of release, you know? So there, there, there's so many components mm-hmm. that make up those, those few moments you might share with someone. Four hours, you know, however. <laughs> oh, come on, Alice. My gosh. Well, well, well. To be really honest, I think because, Marlon, I think I only did four, like you did, mm-hmm. and you added one. And technically, Marlon took one of took two of the last that I had. Yeah, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm this was the last that I had, <laughs> and it is perfectly fine. Um, I'm trying to think of something off top, unless Marlon has something off top because that completely threw me. Because I'm thinking about it, like, no, we just literally asked it. <laughs> um, oh my god! Asking in the is always cool too. Yeah. Um, I think no. I actually had another question. Um, okay. What is your favorite contraption that you've bought? Um, you specified that you're into loving, you're into bondage, and we also had the conversation for the swing. Do you have any type of objects like that in the home that you like to use whenever you play, or decide that you want to basically go into the act with someone? So devices, uh, I'm assuming devices outside of leather, like outside of um, the leather gear, maybe some other pieces I have. So like that Wartenberg wheel I just showed you guys, the really sharp pinwheel. I love that. Um, I love Eastem gear, which is um, electrostimulation. So um, sending these incredible, like, you know, currents through your body while I'm doing whatever, whispering whatever in your ear, like that's, that's really hot. Like I love using that. Um, what else do I have? Um, I would say outside of leather, there is, um, I mentioned this earlier, the Zentai suits. I really, really love seeing someone, like I said earlier, you know, just kind of removed of their identity, but you know, they're still a human being. That Zentai suit has the ability to do that. Because under it, you don't see who it is, you know, whether they're black, white, you know, male, female, non-binary, et cetera. Like, I love removing identity in that way. Um, and yeah, I would say those, those things, the pinwheel, my East, um, um, electrostim and the, um, the, um, crap. I just said it. <laughs> I just said it and I just forgot it. Um, the Zentai suits. I can't see it. That's why I, I, I can't. <laughs> it's fine. It's completely fine. Got you. Um, so I have a quick question for you. So <clears throat> during the conversation, we can gather that you um, play the dominant role in most of your scenes. Um, is there a moment, because um, early in the conversation, you spoke about being the submissive in the scene before earlier on in your journey. Yeah. Um, is there a favorite um piece of gear or possibly a toy that you like used on you when you are in a submissive position in the scene? Um, I am a big component of wax play. Like as much as I love bondage, that was one of the first things I came into and it's thankfully one of the things that still sticks with me very well. Um, in either dominant or submissive capacity, I really, really love wax play. 
So that's something my personal play partner and I we um, we incorporate the ways. The wax play is 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 amazing. He is more um, what I call corporal or um, impact play oriented. I'm more bondage oriented. So um, mm-hmm. the marriage of the two when he and I get together is is pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Wax. Ooh. I've I've ooh. I played with wax in my teenage years, and it is ooh. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> so, so so then this is where this gets interesting. Okay. So the both of you have had wax play before. I have not. What entices you for wax play? <laughs> I go first. I'll let the professional go last. Um, so, so it was one of those things where like you see shit and you're like, I don't want to try it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um yeah. and you know, when you're younger, we have these ideologies about what's romantic, what's erotic, what's kinky, you know, what's kinda out of the box. And you know, you set a scene, you have candles lit, you try and be all like cutesy and shit like that. And um, my boyfriend got the the candle and kind of like poured it over me really slowly on my stomach. And that first drop of wax, uh, it, it was crazy because the sensation of like the hot wax dropping on that one specific part of your body and the like the rush of feeling across like it's it's like dropping a pebble in a pond and it like literally expanded everywhere um and like you i I find myself almost immediately like closing my eyes in that moment and like mentally begging for the next drop to hit somewhere else Uh like (laughs) <laughs> oh, something about wax play is just like amazing to me. Like the different parts of your body that you can put wax, um, because different parts of your body give different sensations. At least in my experience, because yep. like there's a difference between having wax fall over my belly button than it is down the small of my back, and yep. you get a different reaction <laughs> from both of them. Oh, yeah. I like wax. Wax is fun. <laughs> wax is a lot of fucking fun. It really Henry. It is. Um, so I look at it this way. With wax play, you are incorporating a couple of different things into your play, and you might not even realize it. Um, there is sensation, just as he spoke on. You have different sensations based on where it hits you. You have temperature play. You know, obviously wax is hot, so you feel this heat and this and this intensity just kind of drip on you and you, you know, does all its little things that makes you feel fuzzy, you know, and also it's, you're essentially playing with fire, you know, so <laughs> those three things alone, just, just incorporating that into wax, uh, into a scene is, is, is really, really hot. Um, using the right type of wax is important. Um, you want to use something like paraffin wax or maybe like soy wax. Um, and that was one of the things that I had to learn early on because you can't just pick up a candle from like Bath and Body Works or something and go dripping. Like you're gonna set something right. on fire. <laughs> well, not literally. Hot you know, yeah, yeah, very much a lot of that. And and it's not that wax play can't be intense because it can be, you know. But I learned early on to use the right type of equipment because it burns at a certain you know temperature, et cetera, et cetera. But what really got me into it was some of those very same things, feeling that wax like you know, drip on me in certain ways, you know, the oohs and ahs of it. Like, it's just, it's, 
you know, especially when you're blindfolded. You know, you 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 don't know where the sensation is going to come from, but it just it just touches you and graces you, and you have this hot burning wax just like hardening on your body wherever it is. It's it's pretty fucking. Cool. Yeah. Yes, because when it cools, oh my god. You know, it's it's, it's yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> Get you some wax, girl. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. Marla, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, no, because I, if I keep going down this rabbit hole, we're going to be here for like two hours. And, uh, <laughs> I know they love us, but goddamn. <laughs> uh, uh, right. So now that we have decided to park this good old freak ship. <laughs> yes, freak ship. Um, normally we give mental health tips for the week. Um, but when we do the hotels, we give hotels for the week. Yes. Um, Henry, would you mind giving us a hotel for the week? Yes, give us a hotel. Um, I, I will. I will give you a hotel that will take you throughout both your whole days and nights, and also your your everyday life. And it's simply get your needs met in whatever yes. capacity or or whatever. Come on now. You get your needs met. Um, there are a lot of people out here who are having bad sex. And no matter what you're engaging in, whether it's bondage, whether it's, you know, full plethora of BDSM, whether it's vanilla sex, kinky sex, whatever you're doing, get your needs met. You know, articulate and communicate and seek to understand, you know, what it is that you want from your experiences and how you intend to deliver on that and, and vice versa. Whatever you have in your experience, you know, what are they doing to you that stimulates you and, and gets your needs met? So I think that's a that's a big one, you know. <laughs> yes, I told y'all kids, fuck for your own enjoyment, child. Nobody else's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that one. I actually heard that in a classroom setting, but it kind of echoes, you know, like in the background a lot. And it has also, you know, transcended over into bondage, too. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go because Marla's gonna say I went afterwards the guest last time. I don't want to do it now. Blah blah blah. I ain't got time. Glad uh, you know. Uh oh. <laughs> um, my whole tip is for the tops this week. This to go around. Mother um, bottom is speaking. Mother bottom is speaking. That's right. Let her speak, child. Um. Please be patient with your bottoms, okay? When I say be patient, I mean, when it comes to not just the cleaning process, hello, somebody, phrasing, um, <laughs> I'm also speaking in regards to when you handle your bottoms. Because Lord knows, like he said, make sure you get satisfied, but make sure it doesn't come at the expense of causing another person pain. And this isn't, and we're not talking about pain that's intentional, where we all agree you're going to be in a little bit of pain, but we're going to get through this type situation. No, make sure okay, that your that your bottom is not in pain. And if your bottom tells you you need to wait a second, damn it, you need to wait a second. If they telling you they need a little more time, they need a little more motherfucking time. But please be considerate to your bottom. <laughs> I love it. Dig it. Yeah. Okay. All like, right. And that crosses over into BDSM too. Be good for your bottoms. 
you know, don't send them on a, I'm sorry, I, I hate to harp on someone else's thing, but like, be good to your bottoms, you know, surrender and, and submission is earned. So, you know, respect that someone's willing to give you that power. So that, that goes both in bondage and vanilla sense. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, speak to the choir, please. <laughs> Work with them. <coughs> Oh Lord, here we go. Because uh, you know, y'all just, y'all just gave me a little something in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was gonna go. I was gonna go in one direction, but y'all gave me this old fork in the road. So I'm gonna go to the right instead of to the left this time. <laughs> uh, my whole tip for the week is this: um, contrary to popular belief, as it pertains to bondage and things of that nature, I'm not sure if you guys know, but. Um, dominant and submissive is not pigeonholed to top, dom, bottom, submissive. Say that part again. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a submissive top and a dominant bottom. And I think that you all should explore that just a little bit more. <laughs> because when you do that, you open your world of possibilities to an endless spectrum of things to do. And I really need y'all to get into that because some of y'all are getting bored with the regular shit. And, you know, you should try something new. So shake your world up a little bit and uh, explore those options because they're kind of fucking awesome if you really get into them. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Just, I'm just, just saying. Can, can I add something to that? There's mm-hmm. a movie called The Duke of Burgundy, and it is on Hulu. And it explores okay. just that. It explores a submissive who is dominant, who's kind of running the show, and the dom in the scenario is really kind of following the script that the submissive plays out. So that might be something of interest. If mm-hmm. that, you know of interest to you. Come <laughs> on, the Duke of Burgundy. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, that's pretty yes, cool. we are. I love With it. that being said, that that concludes this episode, um, and it's also the season finale. Um, Henry, thank you so much for taking yes. time out of your busy schedule to be here with us in our bullshit and shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Henry, before we go, um, if you would like, please tell our followers where they can find you on the interwebs. I, um, uh, well... Some of you guys know me from my Tumblr days, but Tumblr... Oh, yes! You gotta be an OG for that one. Baby. You have to be an OG mm. for that. And my Tumblr is, like, extremely shadow banned, so I, the, it's not even worth discussing. But anyway, <laughs> um, I, you can check out my prior work on my website, henrynyc.ch. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, henrynyc underscore, and on Instagram as underscore henrynyc underscore. And I'm um, also out there on Recon and all those other places. So if you see me there or see me post Corona out and about, you know, feel free to say hi. That's it. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for being here with us. And we will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.